0: Hello and welcome to Bayham, the Talk Film Society, Michael Bay Retrospective. I am your co-host, Marcelo Pico, editor-in-chief of Talk Film Society, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Great. And also, Diego Crespo. Hey, Diego.
1: Hello. I'm happy to be here.
0: Uh, I'm also happy. I hope we're all happy to be here on episode two of of Bay the Michael Bay retrospective podcast oh boy we're here to talk about the rock um and if you don't know what's going on I highly recommend you go back and listen to the last episode an intro episode where we just lay the groundwork and we and we also talk about bad boys um if you're a huge fan of the rock I don't blame you for ju- jumping into episode two that's fine too all right so let's get into the actual movie all right we'll talk about the rock All right. The Rock released on I just had it up June seventh, nineteen ninety six. All right, budget of seventy five million. It says here box office three hundred thirty five million worldwide. So, The Rock. I mean, don't we all know The Rock? Don't we all love The Rock? Uh, yeah. this is, this is This is Michael Bay right after Bad Boys, and uh, I mean, where do we even begin with this? Do we want to begin with a simple question? Um, where 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 were we when we first saw The Rock, uh, Mike? Why don't you answer that question?
2: I I was in theater number one at uh, North Riverside <laughs> uh, Theater, um, a theater which twenty years later I would actually uh, be running. So that that's kind oh, of nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I saw it on June seventh, nineteen ninety six. Uh, right after school, some friends and I went to see it because. It was like one of those things where it's like, uh, well, we just saw Twister, we just saw Mission (laughs) Impossible, and there's nothing else really big coming out for another week or two, so we got to watch something. I think Eraser was next up. So uh, we might as well watch this rock movie. And, uh, yeah, uh, we we went to see it uh, because the the theater at that time did not card underage kids. (laughs) And... um, yeah we got in no problem and it was awesome it kind of blew me away and i had no idea who michael bay was or any of that stuff and uh i, I loved it. It, it 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 was like pure action and i saw it like two or three times uh more that summer and uh and and, and told everyone else to see it too because it was the best oh wow uh, uh
0: what about you diego your first time seeing this
1: I'm pretty sure it was like on TNT or something like that. So I don't even think I saw the official version until like a few years after. I must have I know it was for sure in middle school. I had this whole stint where like I say I still love action movies a lot. But there was, you know, when you first discover like Die Hard and stuff, it's like, well, now I got to watch everything. And so um I, The Rock fell in there somewhere. And then at some point I must have caught on HBO or something. It's one of those movies where it feels like it's always kind of been there in my life. Uh, and I'm happy about that because this movie rules. I, th- I think even for the, the Michael Bay dissenters, uh, this is kind of the one where everyone's like, okay, but The Rock, <laughs> The Rock is a ton of fun, uh, yep. and I think there's a, there's a very good reason for that, which which I'll, I'll I definitely have notes on uh, producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll save some stuff there, but I saw a very interesting interview with him on. Uh, Oh, that guy who got fired Because he's a creep I can't even remember Charlie Rose yeah, there was, there was yeah, Charlie yeah. Oh, that's Rose right Yeah, yeah. yeah Yeah, but uh, Yeah, no It. I, I remember just Just falling in love with it Whenever that first time I saw it was And uh, I never was able to quote it though To this day, I'm still not And that's Probably a me fault <laughs> So uh, But no, it's It's awesome
0: No, I have to Completely agree I love this movie um, I caught it kind of late in my life. Uh, I saw it saw bits and parts on TNT, as I'm sure every red-blooded American has, uh, because they play it constantly. I'm, su- I'm sure they're playing it on TNT right now. <laughs> but then, like I, I, I got the DVD from Netflix back when that was a thing. Uh, I think in like. I think right around when I saw Transformers, I'm like, yeah, I, I do like Michael Bay. I mean, yeah, Armageddon, you know, I may have seen Bad Boys at that point, Bad Boys 2, and I'm like, I need to catch up on this one blind spot I have. I haven't seen The Rock all the way through. So I, you know, got The Rock from the Netflix DVD, and I, yeah, fell in love. I was like, God, where has this been all my life? So, yeah. Uh, I watch it you know about every other year or so and i still like am in love with it so yeah my my rewatch this time was like oh yeah this is why i love michael bay you know this is this is what he does best so yeah uh i'm glad i'm talking about michael bay and the rock right now so okay (laughs) where do where do we even start with this here's here's my experience with it uh rewatching it this time okay and i sent you guys a picture of this i went to my local video store Vulcan video uh, one of the remaining video stores open in America, here in Austin. And I'm like, I'm going to rent Armageddon, all right, uh, on DVD, the Criterion Edition, because um, I can't remember if this was on or off, uh, on or off, Mike. Mike, but you had mentioned that the only way you can watch the director's cuts of Armageddon was on the Criterion DVD, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I know where exactly to get that. Uh, I'm going to get it at the Vulcan Video and rent it. And then I, was, as I was there, I'm like, oh yeah, they also have The Rock here on Criterion, so I picked up both of those, the, the Criterion editions of The Rock and Armageddon. Even though uh, the Blu-ray of The Rock does have all the special features on the Criterion, I still was like, I'll rent them both. I don't care. <laughs> just, just experience the Criterion edition of The Rock because, man. W- <laughs> were those times <laughs> back in the early 2000s. Anyway, but yeah, I listened to the commentary. I, I went through a lot of the bonus features on, on, on the discs uh, for The Rock, and <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I, Michael Bay is a madman. man. Um, I, I know I, I mentioned pr- before that I wanted to get into the mind of Michael Bay as a filmmaker, going through you know what he was going through making these movies, and on his second film, I already know he's an insane person. <laughs> so, that's what I want to get across with, with this conversation on The Rock because two movies in, he is just going for the fences and if you give him enough money, he's going to give you this. Uh, and he's still going to complain about not getting enough money. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah, that's where I want to start with, um, with The Rock. Just how insane this is and yet how like uh good of a plot this is i i i love the plot of this um mike okay let's talk about the actual like what's going on in the rock okay uh plot wise what's happening
2: uh well basically ed harris is a marine who did like a lot of black ops missions and a lot of his men were killed and never given any credit and their families no benefits uh, for their sacrifice because they were top secret. And he feels that this is unfair. So he has stolen a bunch of um, rockets with a very toxic gas, which will kill like everyone in San Francisco if he launches them and he goes to The Rock, he goes to Alcatraz, and he takes some people hostage, and he threatens to uh, launch the rockets if the government doesn't acknowledge uh, these soldiers and give him money to disperse amongst their families and his mercenary crew. So... The only way to get into Alcatraz is to get the only person who ever broke out of Alcatraz, to break back in, and that's Sean Connery, who's basically James Bond, and he needs to go with Nicolas Cage, who's a nerdy dude from the FBI. This is really freaking complicated for you know just to, <laughs> to to disarm these uh these these rockets, and then uh, that's that's it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds, uh, to me, it, it, uh, it does sound complicated, but it's just so simple. It's like, hey, you want to get the one guy who broke out of Alcatraz to break into Alcatraz? yeah, That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. <laughs> okay, um, uh, I'm going to Diego. Diego, what do you think about this plot for The Rock?
1: Uh, yeah, honestly, the first half is probably a little too complicated with all like <laughs> the military tech and like hey, it's just this bad team of badasses. They're gonna they're gonna keep you guys safe on the inside, which will of course change very quickly. <laughs> um, the movie streamlines itself relatively quickly, which I think is also kind of why so many people are drawn to it because it's like, whoa, you're watching that for the first time, and you're like, wait, what? That doesn't happen in these kind of action movies. Like even the Predators about like. The Predator hunting down, like, the team of badasses slowly throughout the movie before it's just Arnold, right? And here it's just like, ah, everyone kind of goes at once, basically, <laughs> except for <laughs> Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. And I, I think that's that's kind of great because it it's going to sound weird, but it lets Michael Bay kind of focus on, like, these disparate characters who, like, are basically, like, th- th- their fodder, you know? Like, they'd be almost the expendable ones in the team. But they're the only ones that kind of know like how to solve the problem that they're gonna face everyone else is gonna do the heavy lifting that's all they that's all they're there for and then now they gotta do everything else too like it's a it's a shame that more action movies don't kind of have that basic like like uh table setting for the stakes a lot of the times now like something will happen there'll be like a call to action uh like it'll be a revenge movie or something like that or like you know, like, oh, the cartels did my family wrong, so I'm going to go after them. And that's like the movie all the way through nowadays, right? And this is like, even though it's way too complicated, it's engaging to follow along with like all this ridiculous stuff <laughs> that we're watching these characters do. Like, there's like a three hour long Ferrari chase scene with a Humvee at one point <laughs> through San Francisco. And it's like, we don't really need all of that. But for a warm blooded, beer chugging. Old fashioned American 90s action movie. You kind of do need exactly that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I believe that's one thing that Michael Bice said in the commentary. He's like, Yeah, I understand that, you know, we're about, you know, a a quarter of the way through the movie. It's kind of like, you know, slowing down. We need a car chase. He (laughs) emphasized, We need something to happen here. And the car chase was it through San Francisco. So. He knows his audience. He knows to pump them up and say, "Hey, we know what to you know. We know what what to get you excited." This this random car chase in San Francisco. I you know one thing that'll surprise many people is like, and me, I think a lot of people know I'm a fan of Die Hard. I didn't catch that this is essentially a Die Hard movie for the second half until this this rewatch. I go, oh, oh. really? No, it's I, didn't, I I don't know why it was because I just. It's. I think it's maybe a credit to The Rock, I think, because to me, The Rock just stands as The Rock. It feels fresh to me, even though, yes, it is a, you know, cliche on the James Bond character, Sean Connery has said. And, and, and even Michael Bay has said to Sean Connery on set, you know, on The Rock. They, Michael Bay said to Sean Connery, it's like, hey, no, 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 Sean Connery himself, he's like, Hey, I'm. He's, I can't do a Scottish accent. Sorry. He's like, Hey, Mike, I'm doing James Bond. Did you Did you know that? And Michael Bay's like, Oh yeah, you are. <laughs> 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 so that, that's an actual back and forth that they had. Oh, that's but you know, it, it it has all this going on for it, and I'm like, Yeah, but it feels fresh. You know, it does. It doesn't feel like it's a pastiche on anything. You know, but this time, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. You know, it, it does have that die hard uh, feel for the second half for sure with the hostages and like. You know, the back and forth between like, uh, hey, you know, uh, Ed Harris essentially being Alan Rickman and that whole back and forth. And but like even, even so, I'm like, it still feels like its own thing. Like The Rock feels like its own thing. So I, I love it. So I want to talk about Sean Connery. OK, um, Mike, okay. Sean Connery. I, I, and I've heard this for years that, yes, this is supposed to be. Not supposed to be, yeah, like I just said, like, even Sean Connery and Michael Bay on set were like, yeah, this is like a James Bond thing we're doing. Um, I've heard that for years now. But how apparent was it to you when you first saw it, and or when did you first catch on that that was, was going on in the movie?
2: Um, it was pretty apparent. I don't know whether or not I picked up on it myself or whether or not I read it in Roger Ebert's review, because that's what you did Back then, it's so weird, like, the way that, like, just the way that we consume things like reviews has changed. But, like, you know, growing up in Chicago... Every Friday morning you'd get the Sun Times and read Ebert's reviews and then be like why did he feel the need to spoil all these details but whatever <laughs> he's got a lot of interesting stuff to say I should wait and read these on Saturdays but whatever I haven't that's, figured that I, out yet
0: That's funny cuz that's how I felt uh, reading the review for like Kill Bill volume 2 like yeah. 15 years ago and I'm like why did you spoil that why, why did you spoil that Roger Ebert anyway You go you, sh- on. <laughs> you should read his review for Ransom
2: the Ron Howard (laughs) He he tells you who the villain is, which... Oh, my God. I know. It's like, okay, whatever. Um, So anyway, but yeah, so I'm sure he brought it up, you know, in his three and a half star review, which I think has been reprinted in the Criterion... Set, yeah. Um, the laser disc. And it was a laser disc before it was a, a, a DVD. So it's, it goes all the way back to the beginning. And, and it even had his uh, milk commercial on there, which is kind of cool. But anyway, um, so yeah, it was obvious um, to a lot of people. I don't know if I myself picked up on it, but it was certainly pointed out to me, you know, if not before I had seen the movie, like right after I had seen the movie. So, yeah, everyone was saying that, for
0: sure. Yeah. I I caught onto it, like, maybe after the second time seeing it. And at that point, I was a huge James Bond guy and go, yeah, of course. Of course, it's what, what's going on. And I love Connery, that he's going all in on it. Uh, I mean, at this point, it was, like, mid-90s, uh, 1996. And, yeah, um, it's not that he was... Dried up, but yeah, I mean, it was like it's it, it's it's the twilight of his career, you know. Uh, 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 retrospectively, I mean, after this, what you have? Uh, entrapment. I can't, honestly, entrapment. That's the you know, first that, movie again? I ever projected. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Entrapment. <laughs> he has one other movie, Entrapment, and then after that, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> uh. Uh, but yeah, but then but then that's it. But yeah, I mean. He was going all in, and I'm 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 so happy, you know, rewatching this and seeing him just be just like, yeah, I'll do it, you know, I don't give a shit, like, I'll go with James <laughs> Bond. So yeah, I'm I'm happy that he went all in. Uh, Diego, uh, what about you? Uh, talk about Sean Connery in this
1: movie. Uh, I didn't catch on. That he was the James. I had I had the U effect. Where I was like, oh, I didn't realize that this thing was actually kind of a genre riff on a previous genre thing. Yeah. But instead of Die Hard, it was James Bond thing. But uh, I also didn't really watch a lot of James Bond until, like, my high school stuff. And I, 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 I had seen this earlier. But, uh, no, like, it's it's super obvious. Once you, like, hear it, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, it's all there. They're not even trying to hide it. Like, I don't w- – were they ever, like, sued by the broccolis or anything like that? Because <laughs> I think there would probably be grounds for it. I'm not saying I would encourage it. I'm just saying. You know, what, I just
2: I just looked this up out of curiosity today, but Pierce Brosnan is now as old as Sean Connery was when he made The Rock.
1: Wow! Oh crap. Wow!
0: Yeah. So what you're saying, Mike, is The Rock remake bring back Michael Bay and bring oh back Nicolas God. Cage and just <laughs> put in? I mean, yeah, put in a uh, Pierce Brosnan in the role.
2: <laughs> yeah, who Aww. who would you get to remake The
0: Rock? Honestly? Like, um, are uh, are we going to replace Michael Bay? Is it going to be somebody else? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be someone new. uh, Forgive me. Uh, I know. Okay. Uh, I forget his name. Who is the guy who did, um, oh, God, the Shark movie, Liam Neeson movies. What's his name?
1: Oh, uh, Jean-Claude Sarah.
0: Yes. Have him do it. And then I don't know who you'd play. I don't know who'd be uh, in the Nicolas Cage role. Oh, that's a good
1: choice. That guy is it, a crazy underrated uh, action director. But my my pick was going to be uh, the original director of Bad Boys Three, Joe Carnahan.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that's good. Too. <laughs> that, that
1: dude's yeah. a very beefy action filmmaker. I, I think he could do it. I was going to say
2: uh, David Leach, or is that that's, that's the dude's name, right? Yeah yeah
1: yeah.
0: yeah. And, uh, yeah. Who's uh, uh, a who who did um American uh sorry, uh, atomic blonde, right? Yes,
2: yes. And yes. and Deadpool 2 and now Hobbs and Shaw. So
0: Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. It's a full title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah, all, all good picks, gentlemen, um for the remakes of <laughs> The Rock. Nicolas Cage. talk about Nicolas Cage cuz I saw this when I was also like kind of – I had blind spots with Nicolas Cage and this is like – I mean to be Nicolas Cage in the mid-90s was something else because didn't he just win the Oscar or he was going to win the Oscar for
1: he, – He had just won it. He had just won it, right? Like yeah, when the yeah. movie was coming out, I think.
0: Yeah, because um, I think on the commentary – because he's also featured on the, the Rock commentary – um he told this story about how he went to michael bay and is like oh i'm playing the scientist right uh, mike i'm going to um you know play it like richard dreyfus in jaws and he played a clip from jaws for michael bay and michael bay's like why the fuck you show me this <laughs> so you so you play it however you want to play it i don't need to know this and Nicholas Cage is like, that's how I work. Like, I am, you know, I'm influenced by these other performances, these other actors. And it wasn't until, you know, he talked to Richard Dreyfus when they're both nominated for the same Oscar for like best actor uh, that Nicholas Cage was like, yeah, like, hey, you know, Richard Dreyfus, I was playing you in The Rock. <laughs> and Dreyfus was like, all right. <laughs> Even then, like Nicholas Cage could not get, you know, a proper like, hey, <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I'm doing something serious for this action movie, anyway. But, uh, but I yeah. just
2: I just read something about like when he was recording uh, Spider-Man Noir for Into the Spider Verse. Like at one point, they asked him to like go bigger, and he was like, "Oh, so you want like full cage?" No, like, yeah, <laughs> no, but I mean, if you look at it, okay. So, 1995, the year before this was leaving Las Vegas. 1994, the year before that, a movie which I just discovered from the writer, the Academy Award-winning writer of uh, Green Book, Deadfall. Have you Have you guys seen Deadfall? Deadfall. No. I have not seen Deadfall. No. Check out. Just. When you have time, go to YouTube, check out Nicolas Cage highlights, deadfall. You can thank me later. Anyway, (laughs) it's kind of a very interesting... career trajectory it's sort of all over the place and weird and crazy he's a weird guy and then like the year after this of course was con Air, which you know i mean yeah. i know you said that you wanted to talk about bruckheimer at some point and you know maybe it makes more sense to bring that up there but yeah he was on a roll i mean face off and everything he was doing a lot of really really crazy stuff
0: and it was all i mean
2: rather successful especially deadfall
0: Yeah, we uh, and I have uh, I haven't I don't think I've even heard of Deadfall, Mike. So you got me there. Um, (laughs) Well, quickly, what what is Deadfall about? Oh, that's
2: I. You're asking the tough (laughs) questions now. I just I just stumped you. Um, you. (laughs) Michael Bean plays a guy who's a con artist, and his dad is James Coburn, who's also a con artist, and his dad dies because he shoots what he thinks is a blank at his dad, but it's actually a, a, a real gun and his dad dies. So now he's struggling with the fact that he killed his dad in a con gone wrong. So he needs to go and meet his, his long lost uncle who he never knew about, who was his dad's twin brother who's also played by James Coburn. And then <laughs> Nicolas Cage shows up and oh my God, that's when it gets super crazy. And I don't know what else to say about it. It's directed by a guy I've never heard of, but his last name is Coppola. So I'm assuming there's a connection. And it was co-written, the very first movie ever written by, uh, what's his name? Nick Vallelonga, the uh, (laughs) Oscar-winning screenwriter of Green Book. And he's in it, too. Oh, my uh, God. it's it's something to behold. Uh. I just, I discovered it by because we're doing on my other show, Retro Perspective. We watch all the movies that were released twenty five years ago. This week, it was just released twenty five years ago to the week that Vellonga you know he he won the oscar that same week as that uh, this anyway and oh my gosh. Uh, wow. and you know we were we saw the trailer we're like hey film noir michael bean nicolas cage 0% on rotten tomatoes let's do this and uh, <laughs> i'm so glad
0: we did so glad we did anyway hey <laughs> but you know speaking of michael bean <laughs> yeah, yeah. my boy the rock. you know i'm going to i'm going to say i always forget michael bean is in this movie always um and then when he showed up i'm like oh yeah michael bean and then 10 minutes later oh yeah michael bean um it's it's incredible how quickly his he is like killed off (laughs) and i think it's to the movie's credit that they can bring bring in somebody like michael bean and just say hey you know you expect him to be the guy to help save this thing nope We're going to get rid of him as quickly as possible. So, yeah, that's how I feel about Michael Bean in this. I like him. I kind of wish he was in it more, but I understand why they got rid of him so quickly. (laughs) What what do you guys think of Michael Bean in this? Oh,
1: that would have been so awesome if he's like, oh, he's like barely alive. And like they (laughs) tossed me with the hostages. So now they have to be the ones to save like the dudes that were going to or the dude that was going to help them like save the day. That yeah, that, 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 that would I mean, been a he, good he, turn. He, you don't really need that because I think it does add more stakes if they're all dead. But I love Michael Bean so much that like I do kind of wish that happened. But that's okay. Guy can't catch a break. Alien three, dead. <laughs> Terminator, dead. The Rock, dead. You know, it's <laughs> poor guy.
0: I want him to be. I want a Michael Bean renaissance, a renaissance. All right. In 2019.
1: Oh, you know I actually happened. met him at uh, LA Comic Con, but we couldn't oh, yeah? take any oh, pictures. You? I was trying to in- interview him, but they said no to that. But he he was a sweetheart of a, of a man and uh, wished me to have a good day. And I was like, thank you. I, I'm sorry. I love the movie where they killed you off in the credits. But <laughs> I didn't tell him that. <laughs>
0: Uh, Mike, uh, what about you, Michael Bean? I mean, anytime you see
2: Michael Bean, it's a good thing. So yeah, and and I think it also kind of, I mean, you know, it is kind of an extension of his role in Aliens and stuff like that. And I mean, he was in, uh, you know, he he was in Navy Seals and everything oh, like that was just right. The best thing. So you know, it was kind of cool to see him in this as you know, sort of the same type of character. He's really good at that stuff. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, again, I, I dig him overall, and it's crazy that how, how quickly he, he, he enters and exits the picture. Yeah. Uh, but I think, it, I think it works because Nicolas Cage, I mean, he, he is supposed to be, you know, he is the hero of the thing. He's the lead, um, but he doesn't play it as such. He plays, like, the nerdy, geeky scientist, mm-hmm. and, and I buy it, because um, at this point, yeah, he's, like, he's, again... Nicholas Cage in the '90s, like they're, they're they're trying to make him the '90s action hero, and they do it in Con Air. But at this point, they're like, "Yeah, it's like, what is he? What is Nicolas Cage? How do we contain him in a bottle?" <laughs> <laughs> And I think it works because like, they still, you know, Hollywood is try- still trying to figure him out and to make him the knee- the you know, the nerdy scientist who is, you know, hunky. You know, he's without a shirt in one scene, and the only reason he's like that is because Michael Bay was like, "Yeah, just take off your shirt, like cage. Just, just do it. <laughs> show, show off how hot you are." It's like, okay, fine. And it, it, I think he's also nude, right? He's like, he's just playing guitar naked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, but uh, I, I I like Cage so much in this. Um, and again, like later on, we'll see him in Con Air and Face Off, going like full extreme nineties action hero. But at this point, like it's 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 tiptoeing towards that. So I I dig that. So uh, so Mike Nicholas Cage as the hero in this. Yeah, uh, how do you feel about that?
2: I mean, you're right that he didn't really like give that like I remember you know this was like right around the time that he was cast as Superman right and oh, yeah, yeah. and I was you know working at a comic book store at the time so that was just the talk of you know everything and you know the rock comes out and they're like you know Nicolas Cage is going to be Superman and I was like that I cannot see that at all. That does not work. He cannot be Superman. And then, you know, a year later, like you're saying Con Air comes out and I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no. That that totally works. He can definitely be Superman. I can, you know, I can see that 100%." So, yeah, I mean, he's good. He's versatile, you know?
0: He can do whatever yeah. he wants. I mean, yeah, he just won the Oscar, yeah, and I, and and I again, '90s Cage, especially, I'm just in awe of because, man, is he is he all over the place in the best ways possible, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think I, it
2: was Kevin Smith who was like, you know, he he just goes for it, like, yeah. he does a lot of stuff which is just hilarious because. He gives it his all. You know, he's never going to hold back. He's going to take risks, and, you know, sometimes you come up with deadfall, but sometimes you come up with leaving Las Vegas. So, you know
0: what? (laughs) Good for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Diego, uh, what about you? Nicolas Cage in this role.
1: Uh, I love him. I I really love the, uh, the older style of action movies where it was like people who should not be in these situations end up in these situations where they just have to, like, use every bit of their wit and like strength and intelligence to survive. I I think I've said it before here on this podcast and like definitely on other podcasts that like I'm not crazy about like how all of our modern like action heroes are like already super bad uh, super spies and and like mechanically enhanced heroes. Some some stories get mileage out of that, but not all of them. Uh, like, like even Jurassic world, it's like Chris Pratt. Oh, he was like a Marine badass. And he, now he's training velociraptors. And it's like, why, what, what am I even supposed to get from that? You know, like what <laughs> the fuck? Um, but with Nicholas Cage, it's just like, yeah, he's smart at his job, but he's kind of like what, what the Tom Clancy live action stuff has never been able to really capture with Jack Ryan. Uh, Although, to credit, I haven't seen the Amazon show, so I don't know. I might be talking out of turn. But, like, they they keep trying to make him, like, this everyman. But then you cast, like, Harrison Ford, who's good, but he's not, like, you know. He's Harrison Ford. Uh, And and Nicolas Cage kind of fits that bill. He's, like, uh, I could buy him as a nerdy dude who's just, like, freaking the fuck out about everything that's happening to him because it's like, what? I, I, I was like in an office 24 hours ago and now I'm in San Francisco trying to defuse like bio-terrorist attack on the, on the nation. And, uh, my, my pregnant fiance is it fiance or just girlfriend. I forget.
2: Well, I forget to friend right? to start and then they get engaged because she gets pregnant. Uh, that's oh, okay. Right okay.
1: Yeah. But, uh, but no, no, I, I think, I think he plays a great, uh, uh, protagonist in this, like a hero for sure. But like, just the way he's like... Just, he's just a big old nerd. and He's like, what the fuck am I even doing here? And it's like, I agree. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, 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 yeah. Again, I want to emphasize, I love the way he plays it. Because uh, I, I buy him. I buy him as that nerd. And then I buy him in the, in the end as that hero. I want some of the action. Again, it's, it's not like the typical... Like, all-out action movie. Which I appreciate. Uh, there's a lot of setup in the first half, but you know there's a car chase here and there, and then once you get to the rock in the second half, it is nonstop action. So I want to talk about the action in this. Uh, Diego, you go first. Okay, the action in the rock. How do you feel about that?
1: I don't even know if this would be considered blasphemous because again, I do think this is one of the Michael Bay movies people still generally really like. Um, but I, I think this is the best action he he has ever done as a filmmaker. Uh, It's clean, mostly. It's also mostly easy to follow. Uh, It's restrained enough to be engaging and not quite enough to be off-putting or tiring. Uh, Because I think that does become a problem with movies of his, that there's just so much happening. It's like, Jesus, you know, one of his movies could be like, under two hours long and I'll still be like, Oh my, I have aged like 10 years in this seat and I like the movie, but Oh my God, there's just so many lights and sounds coming at me. That's, it is a bit much, but here I feel like it's just on the verge of too much, but that kind of gets you into the mindset of the characters too, because these are like also the most normal human beings. Michael Bay has ever like had in his films, (laughs) which is funny because one of them's a secret James Bond style super badass agent and the other one's like uh, some sort of nuclear phys- physicist or something like that. I don't even remember. But no, no, I I, I think it's, it's quite good. Uh, even the, the, the admittedly kind of needless Ferrari chase is it, packed with enough, like offhand one liners and like um, sequences where it's kind of like fun to go like, Oh shit. And like kind of clap in your seat a little bit. Just like, wow, they, they're, they're going for it, you know? Uh, but I think the finale is just like, oh my god, so fucking great. There's like so many ticking time bombs going off at the same time. The planes are coming in. The the flares going up. Like that's just peak Michael Bay, man. That might be peak like American cinema right there.
0: <laughs> I have to agree with a lot of that. Um, I wouldn't say it's his best action. Uh, I think we'll talk about that soon enough. Um, ooh, ooh, teaser for a few episodes from now. Um, but no, I think, man, does that ever work? Does the action ever work in that final climax in that sequence? When, again, like you were saying, Diego, all those ticking time bombs are going off, and it just ends with that flare, with those flares, with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, oh, it's like it—it's it, it, one of the top action sequences in in all american movies maybe yeah uh, it's, yeah it's say top, it
1: top, throw, throw it top, down i agree top
0: 10 top 10 maybe
1: uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know about that but i also <laughs> i support you i support you i have to think on that more but i support you.
0: think of it you think on it uh, uh, what about you, Mike? Uh, your feelings on this as an action movie? Uh,
2: I think it's really, really good. I mean, to me, it's almost like quintessential 90s action movies. It's sort of the movie that I always think of when I think about how action movies are not being made today. And um, I, I do think that it's Michael Bay's best action. It's Michael Bay's masterpiece just in general. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's also... Especially at the time, I really felt like this is what a Jerry Bruckheimer movie is. You know, when Con Air came out the next year, like, it felt like it was made by the same person that made The Rock. And uh, that's something which I think is is kind of interesting because, I mean, you'd see that a lot like back in the day, but like producers don't really have a stamp or didn't, you know, in the nineties even, but Bruckheimer did. And I was always excited about the new Bruckheimer movie until they all became Pirates of the Caribbean, which, at which point I couldn't (laughs) care less, but you know, it's, and I miss that. I miss that we, we don't have that anymore. And, there's also something there taking it kind of like one step further in a certain direction. Like all of Michael Bay's movies look the same, even though he swaps out cinematographers rather frequently, like this has the same like visual style as bad boys. You would think that they were by the same photographer, even though they're, they're not. And I think that, I, I don't know what that means, I just think it's interesting so, whatever
0: No, yeah, I, I, I get that he he keeps that visual style throughout I have to agree with that even through Transformers, Bad Boys 2 yeah. it, Pain Again, it all feels very Michael Bay even though, yeah, the, 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 the DPs the cinematographers change and I appreciate that just, just the jump from Bad Boys to The Rock it still feels like a Michael Bay production and yeah that Jared Bruckheimer feel. Uh, for a while there, when I was very young, I always confused this with Conair. Air. Um, <laughs> you know, again, as like a young teenager, I was dumb and obviously I would confuse two Nicolas Cage, Jared Bruckheimer movies, um, because again, they're both playing on TNT all the time, Conair and The Rock. But yeah, they have that same feel, but The Rock does it a lot better. Um, even though I do love Con Air a lot, uh, I, I have to give the edge to The Rock for me. Good
1: man. Good man. It's, yeah.
2: I, I always put them together because they always feel like the two quintessential nineties action movies for me. They're like the ones that I always want to like show people who are younger than me, you know, who, who may be like fans <laughs> of action be like, check this out, you know? And I, even back then, I, and, and I've gone back and forth or whatever, but even back then, I thought, like, Con Air is the better movie, and I think I I still maintain that Con Air. I mean, they're both masterpieces, but Con Air is the better movie. Sorry. Fair
0: <laughs> enough. I mean, I, yeah, we can disagree. And and I, I will say that Con Air was the, out of the two, Con Air was the one movie I showed uh, former girlfriends of mine saying, hey, watch this. I'm sure you'll like this. <laughs> and they did they they appreciated nicholas cage's crazy southern accent in that <laughs> and the bunny and yeah. yeah i mean i i mean there, there might have been a reason there for me showing them uh connor because i think it's just a bit easier to uh digest well, um, it's
2: it's more comedic
0: yeah um, exactly yeah
2: it's weirder i don't
0: know <laughs> <It> is, <laughs> again that accent and that hair uh, from cage <laughs> I don't know what the hell is going on there, <laughs> but he's going for it again. Cage is going for it. All right. Any, I guess we're towards the end here. Any final thoughts on The Rock as we wrap up? Uh, Diego, right, any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, I just want to bring up the Jerry Bruckheimer, Michael Bay, uh, Charlie Rose interview. Uh, oh yeah. Charlie yeah. Rose, obviously. But like, um, that when when him and Bay are talking, they have this weird relationship because it's like they understand one another. In ways that, like, I don't think I do, (laughs) but it's like if you got, and I don't mean this as an insult, like, this isn't a sign of intelligence or anything like that, but, like, if you got, like, two stereotypical American frat boys and, like, cleaned them up and put them in suits and got them, like, a Hollywood contract somewhere... It kind of felt like that's exactly what was happening when they were talking about it. it was like, oh, yeah. My, like They're not saying, like, oh, my bro and stuff like that. But just, like, the way they carry themselves and, like, their personalities, there was, like, this weird mutual respect but also, like, power struggle and how they were complimenting each other. But also, like, what they weren't saying in the interview. I don't know. If anyone else has seen it, please let me know. I want to make sure I'm not crazy and I'm not just reading into something there, because that's I just thought that was so weird, and maybe that's kind of why eventually they they broke off for one another when he when he made Bad Boys 2. Yeah, uh, but I don't know. I, it it didn't leave me like uneasy or anything, but it's just not what I expected from what should have been like a fluff piece interview because they did say nice things about each other, but there was always like some weird, like way they were saying it or, like, their body language or something. I, I don't know. I just – it left me with questions <laughs> more than answers. But but they were hyping each other up too. Like, oh, yeah, Michael makes me look good because he does all the work, you know. And sometimes you don't you don't get people who, like, work all that well, yada, yada. And, like, it was just weird. It was a weird interview, and I'm obsessed with it right now.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, that, that is like a th- – like, the first time that – Michael Bay made a movie without Jerry Bruckheimer it was like how, how can can he do that is that allowed What's, <laughs> what is that going to look like is it going to be just kind of like a shell of its and, you know and I don't know I mean you could say it was I don't know
0: maybe we'll, we'll get there <laughs> which uh which one was the first one he did without Bruckheimer? I forget uh, I guess it would be the island right the island right oh, okay yeah. well, that's one that's the one I haven't seen yet yeah. so uh, Ooh. yeah we will get mm. to that one uh last thoughts uh, have we gotten to your last thoughts Mike on on uh, the rock
2: um I don't know but uh it's 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 a masterpiece <laughs> this is the best michael Bay movie ever I, ever <laughs> I, yes the best Michael Bay movie ever and uh i I love it so so much
0: I, I, I'm i not going to rank any of these yet but I'll say it is not my favorite uh, I understand why it's yours Mike um, I mean Diego is it your favorite so uh, I mean I guess so far but also in the long line of things is it your favorite Michael Bay
1: I, I don't know it, it might be but I have a very weird relationship with two of them one of them comes up soon <laughs> the other one, not till much later. Yeah. I, I'm so. not going
0: to reveal which one is my favorite right now. I'm going to save that for later. Um, but yeah. Uh, this one, I don't know where this one lies. Maybe like two or three. Uh, maybe two. But I love it so much. And again, quintessential 90s movie uh, has a lot that I love in it. Uh, and like Mike was saying earlier, it reminds me of what's good action movies do and how well you can make them. Uh, how well they were made back in the 90s. And uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, there's a lot lost in the digital world and Michael Bay certainly got lost in that world, um, but it, it was good seeing the old Michael Bay uh, doing what he does best in the 90s with The Rock. So, yeah. I, I love it. I do. Uh, that's The Rock, guys. Ooh, well, I mean... I'm well, watch it again
1: right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch it right now and play. Uh, the next episode we'll talk about Armageddon. All right, I can't wait to rewatch that. I rewatched some of it with a commentary from the Criterion disc <laughs> a few days ago, which will, which will I'll, which I'll finish. um And I can't wait because that commentary. If you don't know, folks listening, and if you and if if you want to watch it with the commentary before seeing before listening to us in the next episode, I rem- I recommend you do. <laughs> that commentary is insane. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where Ben Affleck is making fun of Michael Bay and the plot of Armageddon. And that alone is worth it. <laughs>
2: also, the, uh, the story about how the cinematographer got into film school. That's... Uh, that's-
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, in the first five minutes, Michael Bay shitting on one of the writers on the movie saying he's like a, a young kid who didn't know any better. And I'm pretty sure he's talking about J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, uh, fully recommended that commentary is uh, for Armageddon on the Criterion disc. Uh, yeah, so listen to that. Uh, listen to us talk about that on the next episode. All right. Uh, plugs. We do plugs on the show, right? It's, it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, we, 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 recorded we last some plugs. Yeah, yeah we do plugs. Uh, Mike, why don't you go first? Uh, plugs. Where can the people listening find you online?
2: Uh, well, you can find me on thenerdparty.com doing a show called Retro Perspective, where we look at all the movies released 25 years ago this week, including uh, Deadfall. And you (laughs) can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, uh, where we take a look at movies from the perspective of the booth. And you can find me on trek.fm doing some sort of audio commentary for something uh, which uh, we're, we're still formulating at this point in time. And you can, you fi- and you can find <laughs> me on Twitter at Mumbles3K and Letterboxd.
0: There you go. Uh, Diego, what about you?
1: You can find me on Twitter.com at TheDiegoCrespo. I changed it recently, so I don't remember oh. if I hadn't changed it before the last couple episodes we did, but uh, it's at the Diego Crespo now. Apologies yeah, this, to is, this is the first else.
0: time uh, you mentioned it, so yeah, uh, it'll be kind of a whiplash if people listen to this back-to-back, but yeah. Sorry,
1: <laughs> world. <laughs> uh, sorry, fellow uh, Bahamites, but uh, so everything, everything I write and, and upload on my, my own podcast, the Waffle Press, is, is uh, linkable through there. I promise I will spam as often as possible, or maybe to your chagrin, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Follow and find out, folks. Um, as for me, at Marcelo J. Pico on Twitter, follow Talk from Society at TalkFilmSOC, and of course, listen to and read all that we have to offer on TalkFilmSociety.com and Patreon, Talk from Society on the Patreon, Patreon.com slash Talk from Society. Do it up. We have bonus episodes. Uh, get Get to listen to shows early over there and yeah that's it oh boy what a fun episode on the rock i'm i'm excited farm again i'll say that again and before we go we're gonna do our signature catchphrase <laughs> do you remember this i
1: do, <laughs> do remember, remember how this, this. goes i still, still right. still
0: don't <laughs> so,
2: so so you you say what it is and i'll say what i what i think it is and uh, we'll see if it lines up
0: Wait, are, are, are. oh wait, am I? Are we gonna say what it is before we say it? No, no, no we're, we're gonna, gonna say, it say all we're at say it at same the same time. Oh, okay, we're all gonna say <laughs> it at the same time. All right, here we go. On a count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Well, you forgot to your the boarding, boarding pass. pass. <laughs> oh, Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> wait, what did you say? Said, <laughs> so welcome to the rock.
1: <laughs> no, that's a good one though for this. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously. Uh, uh, guys, make the show however you want. What if we did a quote from each of the movies to end it with?
0: But I uh, is there a, is going to be a, is there going to be a famous quote from The Island?
1: <laughs> oh, no,
0: no. <laughs> we, we'll, we'll be able to find it. Sure, yeah. Or, Port, or Pearl Harbor? <laughs> I, I'm sure. No, Pearl there Harbor. There,
1: there's probably a couple gems. <laughs>
0: Alright, let's let's do it again with the quintessential line from the rock. Okay. Here we go. Okay. One, two, three. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the rock.
2: It's terrible.